Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Titus. The book of Titus. We're um, going to do a couple of different things right up front, and then we'll get into uh, Titus a little bit more. But um, in, in church history, we've come to refer to a couple of books as the pastoral epistles. Um, letters written by Paul to pastors. And um, in this case, we're looking at uh, Titus's call uh, to be a pastor on the island of Crete. And I'm also going to expand that. We'll look a little bit at, um, at Timothy's call to, uh, to be a pastor. And there's this sort of kinship between the office of pastor and the office of elder, but also in especially the way New Hope functions, that kinship extends to the deacons as well, because we function as a, a unity in, in council specifically, unless we have to separate into, into different offices. And so um, it, it's really a charge for everyone that has ever served church office and is serving church office because, you know, once an officer, always an officer, and you may be called to service like Gary. So we say, oh, Gary, we need you again. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a call. So, but it's, it's also to get in our minds what, what God has in mind when he speaks through the apostle to specific young men in taking on the call of ministry. And so that's, uh, that's one of the things you want to do. The other, the other thing is this preparation time. And so I want to um, just reflect with you some, I don't know, I, I got into looking at, at things of the Passover and a discussion with some pastors about going to weekly communion and uh, communion at every worship service. And so I, I said to one of them, um, how often was Passover, which is replaced now by the Lord's Supper, we understand, how often was Passover celebrated in the Old Testament? Was it a common thing or was it a rare thing? And interestingly enough, Passover was separated in Egypt at the breakthrough. And then according to Leviticus or to Numbers 9, it was celebrated once in the wilderness. It wasn't celebrated again until Gilgal under Joshua. 78 years later. Or the, there's Passover instruction in Leviticus 23. There's no Passover in the days of the judges that we know of. There's no Passover for the 390 years that the tabernacle sat at Shiloh that we know of. There's no Passover under King Saul or under King David. The point is, when you and I get to celebrate the fulfillment of the Passover in the Lord's Supper, and we do it every other month, that's an extreme privilege. If we do the Lord's Supper every month, as we talked about doing some years ago, that's an extreme privilege. If the congregation decides to do it more frequently than that, it's an extreme privilege that never changes, that we look back at this history that the Passover was so dear to the people of Israel and to the Jews today. And, and we have the fulfillment of the Passover and the Lord's Supper, and it 
it, it should be extremely precious to us. And so that's, um, that's just my thought of an exhortation as we come to the Lord's Supper, as you think about it this week, to, to think about it in the way of just the wonder, the awe that God lets us regularly schedule and celebrate the Lord's Supper. That, that's a blessing that the church has. Um, perhaps the, the first century church, somewhere in between the time of the, the canon being closed and the messages being silent, Passover became regular. I, I think so. I, I hope so in, in Israel. But, um, but for us, it just tells us that this is not something to be taken for granted. It's really special. Well, with that in mind, um, let's, let's switch gears and let's, uh, let's talk about officers. And uh, we're going to read from, um, from Titus chapter 2, and then I'll, I'll back you up a little bit to Timothy in a minute. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have of anticipating the celebration of the Lord's Supper that it was the Passover that, that Christ used as a proclamation of his death, and um, that we now use the Lord's Supper in the joy of participating in the broken body and shed blood of Christ, and we proclaim his death until he comes again. We ask that you would make this a week of preparation for us, that we would be sensitive to the death of Christ, that we'd be sensitive to the very wonders of participating in um, the broken body and the shed blood of Christ, that, um, that it would come as a blessing of faith and a communion of faith, that, um, that the juice remains juice, that the bread remains bread, but yet by faith it becomes the very body of Christ given for us. And so we pray that you would lead us in in living for Christ this week because of our eager expectation to proclaim Christ's death until he comes and to do so specifically in the worship service of the Lord's Supper. We ask that you would bless our discussion and our, our reflection on your word and your call to office in Timothy and Titus, the pastoral epistles, and that you would give us a great uh, understanding and blessing of what you determine for your word and for the life of your church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Titus chapter 2. Um, and he's jumping in, in the middle. I'm jumping in the middle. But as for you, so as for you, Titus, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves, uh, slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good and so to train young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Slaves are to be submissive to their own masters, and everything they're to be well-pleasing and not argumentative, not pilfering, 
but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Uh, this much for the, the, the reading from, from Titus. And there's, um, well, it would be helpful. Let me, let me just back up and let's read the, the opening call of Titus as well. Paul, slave of God, apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior to Titus, my true child in a common faith, Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, his children are believers, is not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm in the trustworthy word as taught, so he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. And as an office bearer of the church, we all go, whew, I mean, what a what a charge! What what a powerful! But and and apart from the Holy Spirit and the wonders of Christ and His Word, we would fail entirely. But by God's will, He gives us these charges. He gives us this equipping, so that we are directed. And uh, that's essentially what I want us to look at. And I would just like to to summarize for you in terms of being an officer of the church what we have just read. If you go back over and count it, as we have read 15 characteristics of an officer and three tasks under one heading. 15 characteristics and three tasks. So Paul tells Titus that officers or officer candidates are different. Uh, we call them qualifications for an elder. They're above reproach, a husband and one wife. Their children are believers. And we go through, we read that, and there's 15 in that list. And yet there are only three, and then you add one from another place, four, four clear tasks, specifically in Titus. But, but they are, number one, to keep or restore order. Number two, they're to silence empty talkers, or secret talkers, as one commentary calls it. He says they're the group that are off by themselves doing something, and the church officers are to go and stick their nose in that meeting because they're the secret talkers. Number three, officers of the church are reconcilers. They restore those who turn from the faith and from the body. But perhaps most importantly, 
because it's the, the broad span of what God gives us in the pastorals, is that God inspired Paul to say that elders, especially in church officers in general, are people that are different. They're set apart by their call. That means that we honor them in a different way because of God's call. That we don't elevate them, and no one would want that, but yet we recognize the call of God in their lives through the people of God. And, and yet when we, we see this short list of what they're to do and this big list of who they are, we realize that when God talks about church officers, he really cares more about who they are than what they do. And what they do flows out of who they are. And so that God is continually building the men of the church in relationship with him. And that's how he uses the offices of the church. That he isn't finished. He's creating a maturity within. And then we see the fruit of that in, in what the officers do. And as I mentioned, that Titus isn't the only place that highlights office. In fact, the, the church has always combined Timothy and Titus when talking about church office. That seven times in the pastoral epistles, Paul speaks to the church, to Timothy or Titus, and he says, but you, but you. In the Greek language, it's easy to find because it's suda, and, uh, and it's it, it, just jumps out while well, the first two are, are su'un, so therefore, but you, therefore. And, and in these letters that, that Paul is emphasizing who and what the church leaders are to be, and he says, first of all, in 1 Timothy 6, 11, but you, man of God, flee these things of this life. Flee the desire to be rich, the love of money, the cravings for this life that destroy faith. And then he says, secondly, 2 Timothy 2, 1, but you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you heard from me and Paul was speaking. That, that God's word is supposed to, and the knowledge of God's grace for us is supposed to be our strength. And he says, thirdly, 2 Timothy 2, 3, but you share the sufferings of Christ. We think of the suffering of Almighty God in the human womb. We think of the suffering of Almighty God in human flesh and living his life and walking uh, among the people. We think of the suffering of Jesus, the Christ, Almighty God, and fully man on the cross, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we share in that suffering. And officers are called to share in that suffering. And I always think of uh, the way it's applied in Paul's life after God calls Paul in this amazing way on the Damascus Road. And then God comes to this guy named Ananias and he says, I want you to go to Paul. I want you to talk to him. And Ananias is like, no way, time out. I'm not going to Paul. Paul, 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 that, this is all a trick. This is all a trick. I go there, he arrests me, hauls me off to Jerusalem. That's it. Uh-uh. And then God says to Ananias, 
No. Acts 9, 16, I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. Paul's life has changed. He's now going to be a sufferer for the gospel. 2 Timothy 3.10, But you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my life, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my suffering. And it's like Paul is saying, would you expect to be any different than who I am and what I go through? Well, I would kind of hope that we as church officers never have to take the beatings Paul took. But you know, just a little bit of his courage to go and to share the way he did. Well, as culture is changing, it might create a couple beatings, but you know, just to have that openness to be able to to really speak. Second Timothy three fourteen, but you can but you continue in what you learned and what you have believed and from whom you learned it. He learned it from his grandmother. He learned it from his mother. He learned it from the Apostle Paul. Most of us in the church learned it from our father and mother, from our grandparents, and then we learn it from the Apostle Paul, from God's Word. And it's the same thing that God has put people in our lives to build us and to train us. And 2 Timothy 4.5 People will turn away but you, but you be sober-minded, that is to say, be humble. Endure suffering. My, that comes up a lot, doesn't it? Suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry call as an officer. And then Titus 2.1, as we read, but you teach what accords sound doctrine. Don't, don't teach just whatever pops in your head. Teach what accords with sound doctrine. There's a time to teach what people are asking for. And there's a time to say, I hear you, but this is what we have to study now. And, um, and that's why God gave us officers, that, that God works in their lives to direct us. And of course, officers want to listen to, to the voice of the people. And want to respond every time we can. I think nearly every Sunday school class that we had requests for, we were able to do over the years. But sometimes we couldn't because we had another council mandate or there was another activity. But you, teach what is consistent with sound doctrine because you live what is consistent with sound doctrine. And the key to being an officer in the church is to be different like Christ is different. The people expected a king with pomp and circumstance, and Christ came as a servant. Christ considered God the Father and the people and the and the the will of the Father as the highest good. And Jesus humbled himself to exalt those he came to serve. And this is the sound doctrine of the church. And then Paul says. For this reason, verse 1, for this reason, because we have this foundation in being different, in understanding Christ, for this reason, teach what accords with sound doctrine. 
Why? Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age, waiting in hope for Jesus. And finally, knowing Christ transforms us in Christ. Verse 13, Titus. We wait for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Fully, truly God. And he became fully, truly man. God the Son took on human flesh. Jesus is the one who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people as his possession. People who are zealous for good works. And then here's the hope to wait. To be purified. To be excited about being used for good. Because that's the mandate of the people of God. The mandate of the officers of God is to keep us on track. To declare or teach us. To encourage or exhort us. To rebuke when we get out of line or we become too focused on things outside of the word and to rebuke with godly authority if we're not living the word. And then the council members are called to not be above any of that. That Did you know? I, I, you've heard us talk about this, but at least four times a year, the council does a time of looking at itself. It's called mutual censure. It's, it's looking at itself to see how are we doing as people of God? How are we doing as officers in the church? And so it's a time to look at each other and if we need to, to lovingly ask for some correction or give some direction. And so no one is above the evaluation of Christ dealing with his church. But that's what makes his church strong. That there is this community of God's call and the instruction of God's word and the focus of being the people of Jesus Christ that unites us in living out a godly call. And Paul says to Titus, let no one disregard you, for God himself called you. And that's, that's what we, we look at in this day, to say that in the people of God, the Spirit of God called each of you to office. And let no one disregard you. Be the men God calls you to be as officers of his church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your loving care for your church. We thank you for your call for those that you have called to this particular term of service and call to office. Father, I, I personally, in my heart, think it's going to be an exciting time to be an officer of this church. I think it's going to be a time of joy to work with Pastor Micah.
that there, there is little more than the zeal of a young man that, um, that ignites a flame within us. And so we pray that, that you would equip him, and that you would use him, and that you would bless each one that you are renewing the call of office in their life, and those that you are calling to um, office for a new term. And we pray for Gene and um, that specific call to serve as an elder of the church, and that you would grant your blessing to him to reaffirm your call day after day as you use him in that call. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.